Welcome to the Homeschool High School Podcast, brought to you by SevenSistersHomeschool.com and the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. I'm Vicki, and I'm all by myself here today because I want to just cover some of the basics of homeschooling high school because we get so many questions in the early part of the school year on how to do the homeschool high school process. So one of the most common questions we get is what formats are legitimate for earning homeschool high school credits in their courses? There's so many different ways teens can earn their credits that they need to go on the transcripts. So people say, is what's legitimate? And uh, so we want to just go over that real quick for you. So first thing to know is there's not one right way to homeschool high school heard it from us before and we just always say it is everybody is different every family's different every teen is different and even within a homeschool process um, some courses will be more valuable to a teen in one format than in another so there's lots of different ways to earn those homeschool high school credits so let's go over some formats that are, are legitimate ways to get uh, those credits on the homeschool transcript. So first thing to understand is in most states, credits are assigned on high school transcripts using Carnegie units. And you can actually go to like carnegie.com and uh, you know kind of read the history of that and how that got started. Uh, so this is like an ancient idea from like, I think the turn of the century in the two, like 19 something or the other, um, where they're trying to standardize some education. And they decided that um, 120 hours of instruction or educational experience is what a teen needed to get a, a Carnegie unit or a credit for their high school transcripts. And so that has varied then as each state took on the Carnegie unit as a credit for the transcripts. And so some states kept it at 120 hours and some have varied it all the way up to 180 hours of instruction or educational experience. You can check what your state um, has defined as a credit if you go to the State Department of Education or look up homeschool guidelines for your state. For me, the easiest thing to do is just hop over to Homeschool Legal Defense Association's website. And if you're not a member, we highly recommend it. It's just a good idea. We're not affiliates. We just have believed in the work they've done to keep homeschooling um, safe and legal and supported um, all around the country. So they have a list of the homeschool laws and really can explain by state. Uh, what is required for high school. So, but anyway, you're aiming for between 120 and 180 hours of instruction in most states. Some states, there's a few that don't use Carnegie units and you can find out what their definition for the transcript is if you check the State Department of Education or HSLDA and learn how to do that. So basically, though, you're earning hours of instruction. All right, so how do you do that? There are lots of ways to do that that are legitimate. So 
The first way, very, very simply, is spending time on a subject. There are some courses that are so rich and valuable that a textbook will not do it justice. So let's say a, a student is learning, you know, art history or um, has a, an interest in, you know, a, a historical topic like World War II. Sometimes uh, young people are interested in, you know, specific era of history like medieval history. Um, so uh, if there's a specific interest and there's not a worthy curriculum that really fits that, you can just simply log hours. So what you want to do is keep some kind of documentation, you know, a log sheet where you write down what the student did, the date, and approximately how much time that was spent on doing that until you add it up to the total that you need. So, you know, you just keep accumulating hours until you hit that 120 to 180 hours. Keep your documentation. So it's like, you know, I work as a counselor and I know that if I don't keep notes for my sessions, it's as if that session didn't happen. And if we don't keep paperwork, uh, we have basically, you know, thrown out the evidence that we have done that work with our student. Often the students never have to prove that they did that work, but occasionally we need some backup. So keep just keep your log sheets, keep them in a master portfolio or a file, and uh, hold on to those just in case you need it sometime in the near future. Keep those things documented. That's logging hours. Things that you can log hours for. Let's say there's a valuable documentary series. And uh, so there's so many places to get documentaries these days. So if it's a pertinent documentary series, you can log those hours. If there's a field trip, the hours spent on the field trip. So not travel time, I wouldn't count that. Audiobooks, lectures, taking a short course. Um, that's just, you know, a lesson or two on formats like edX, edX, you know, the different MOOCs. Uh, so there's, there's different setups there on the internet where you can take little short courses. That's not enough to get a credit, but you can put a bunch of experiences together, log those hours and earn a credit. So I will put links to all these things because there's so many good resources. If you have a tutor come in, let's say there's a friend of the family or somebody at church that would just sit and, and work with your student on their area of interest, uh, doing interviews or work on some projects together, log all those hours. So there's just a gazillion different ways that you can log hours and earn the credit by just experiences in that way. Another way to earn a credit is by studying with a textbook. And that's just plain old traditional, we use a textbook, we get through it. A lot of times teenagers can take some of the basic courses and they will plug through a textbook and do the assignments and the tests or any projects associated with that. And they could do a lot of that on their own. And we want teens to develop independent study skills. So if they're capable, do that. Sometimes they will need a parent guide or a tutor to guide them through, um, sometimes combinations thereof. But whatever legitimate education can happen with a textbook is a good way to earn a credit. Another thing is if a student 
takes on an independent study. Like they say, I want to just do research and learn as much as I can. So they find books, they find legitimate websites. I will put links to a post that we have at Seven Sisters Homeschool um, on how to to recognize legitimate ex, uh, um, experts and websites and uh, books and things like that. Um, so we, we have some good resources on that. So sometimes teens want to build that together. And often what they will do then is they will write a research paper or do a large project based on their research there. In this case, it's just like when they log the hours, um, have them log time that they spend on their research. If they're reading books, um, you know, some kids just want to learn everything from a book. They can do that by recording the number of books, you know, real books that they read. Uh, we have found that usually around 16 real books will take between 120 and 180 hours to read. So we will, we will count that as the research part of a credit uh, rather than having to log every hour that they sit down and read a book. Um, but you can adjust that to your needs. Then they want to show what they've learned in some form, like a research paper, um, which they really ought to write each year in high school, by our opinion, or some kind of really cool project, you know, to do a, a PowerPoint presentation um, or, or some kind of hands-on experience that they design um, and to do a presentation from that, you know, whatever works for them to show that they have actually learned something and interacted with it. So independent study uh, by doing personal research is a really good way to earn a credit. So you've got logging hours for a credit, independent study with a textbook, independent research. So those are three ways. Another is participating in online courses. Oh my goodness, there are endless, endless courses that teens can take online. If you check our post, I'll put links to this on homeschooling high school during the pandemic, we have links to so many different courses uh, that teens can take, and sometimes they're freebies. Um, but if you want a full credit course, be sure and check on how much credit uh, the course is being assigned. You want, you want to make sure that you're reading the course descriptions uh, so that you, you get what you want. So some of our friends have um, homeschool schools, where, you know, teens will take courses and uh, they sign up for what they want and they're live and they're by really awesome experts in uh, different areas. So when some of them are Funda Funda Academy um, and True North Academy and Dreaming Spires Home Learning. So those are just a few of the ones we love. There's also OutSchool who have wonderful courses. And so anyway, we'll just put links to a bunch and um, you can dig around. There's also self-paced courses online. So they're not live. You can do it whenever you want. And uh, you'll be careful when you read the description so you know how much credit a student is getting. Uh, but it's a good way to do a course also online because it's on your own time. So our, our friend um, Gina Mayo has music in our homeschool. And she's done a, an episode with us here. Uh, but she has self-paced fine arts courses. So all kinds of musical 
courses, you know, music appreciation, music history kinds of things. So if you're, you know, just kind of lost and don't want to do a lot of work pulling stuff together, just look up self-paced courses for homeschool high schoolers and you'll find some good things for teens. All right. So other things that teens can do are taking dual enrollment college courses. So one thing homeschool high schoolers can do are participating in dual enrollment college courses. So this is where a teen signs up for a course at a local community college or some of the, um, the universities and private colleges are offering things online to high schoolers also these days. So you kind of have to do a little bit of internet uh, experimentation and see what is available to your teens. But what happens is when a teen signs up for a college course, they are getting a credit that they can put on their high school transcript. And then it will also be a college course that's under their belt. A couple of, of things to think about when you do that with your teens is that a one semester course in college is a usually a full credit um, high school course. So they have a different credit system than the Carnegie credits. And so it's just a little bit different. So they'll take a college course and it might be three credits or four credits. And in high school, that's just one credit. Um, so it sounds like, oh, I got all these credits, but really it doesn't, it doesn't translate over the same. Okay. So you got that out of the way. Also teens need to know if they're going to take a college course, that that college course is a college course. And so they need to be ready to do college work, which means they need to get assignments in on time, really follow the directions, really work hard because they want to participate as a college student. So some kids, you know, the parents will find these cool college courses and the kids go in kind of lollygag and then they're giving themselves a poor introduction to college. A lot of colleges, interestingly, will bring that course over to the college transcript and not bring the grade over. So, you know, if they don't do fabulously, it's not going to hurt them a lot except if it's one of the colleges that do count the grade that they're bringing over, you know, transferring over. And uh, so then they've hurt themselves in their GPA. And there's not really any way to know until you get there, unless you want to do some research ahead of time. You also want to make sure that if you know which college your teen wants to go to at college level, that they are transferable credits. So you can check with the university they want to transfer to after high school and say, do you accept these courses? So the community college will often tell you that they do. And uh, usually that's accurate, but it's good to check yourself. So, okay, so there's that. All right. Another way to um, earn a credit is to do CLEP testing, C-L-E-P testing. So if you have a kid who's just an expert at an area, I mean, they just are kind of, they're geeked out in something. They really know their stuff. You can take a CLEP test and test out of that course. So earn some credit that way. And that is really, really helpful if the college that your teen is aiming for accept CLEP testing. So check the college website, see if they accept CLEP, and then you know what to aim for. 
Um, if they take an AP course online, they can take the AP test that goes with that. And sometimes they can take an AP test without taking the, the course if they have, you know, developed an expertise in that area. And so if they have AP exams or CLEP exams, high scores, the colleges will sometimes or often bring those into their college transcripts as done courses. They get high school credit and they get college credit at the same time. So things to think about on that is if you want your teen to take one of those tests, so a CLEP test or an AP test, see if you can find a practice test so that they know the vocabulary that the test uses. You know, every curriculum has its own rhythms and its own vocabulary. And so it may not match the vocabulary of the test. So if they have a practice test ahead of time, they're not wasting their test time getting their brains wrapped around on the vocabulary that's being used on the test. Does that make sense? Hopefully that makes sense. Let's review. So we've got logging hours. We've got independent study with textbooks, independent research, online classes in the live format or self-paced, doing dual enrollment classes, testing out like with CLEP or even AP. So we want to, um, you know, keep your mind open to the very many ways that teens can earn credits. And these are all legitimate. Make sure no matter what you do, you are keeping documentation. So don't throw away paperwork, tests and papers, evidence of projects, logs for hours. So those kind of things keep on file for a while. If you've got syllabus, if you've got course descriptions, those are really good things to back up what your teen has done and just keeping documentation on that. Then when it's all done, put it on the transcript. So they've got this awesome transcript and that their education is done in a meaningful way for the teen, which is so cool. Like there's not one right way to homeschool high school. You get to, to allow your teens to have the educational experiences that are meaningful to them, which is so much better than plugging through with every single course in a textbook. Use your creativity. Invite your teens in on the process of choosing, you know, formats and the actual courses. You know, one thing is beautiful is when teens have the buy-in, like, I want to do this. I mean, some things they may not want to do, like who wants to do calculus unless you really love math. But if they need calculus because they want to be a physics major, uh, they're going to have to have a buy-in. You know, so sitting down and with your teen and say, these are courses that are needed for graduation. What do you want to do this year? What's valuable to you as far as specific kinds of courses and formats? And then you can plan together from there using these different opportunities. So you can do this. You can absolutely do this. Homeschooling high school to us have been the best years yet. We just loved homeschooling high school. We seven sisters and all of our seven sisters by and large have enjoyed the process at least most days. I mean, this is real life. So if you want more information on assigning credits, you know, formats and all that, you can go to sevensistershomeschool.com and look up our authoritative guide series of posts 
So they are in our sidebar on the right side of the website, just a list of a whole bunch of how to homeschool high school posts. And so you got everything you want to know in a post. So it's not costing you money and we're there for support. Also hop over to Facebook and join Seven Sisters Homeschool Facebook group because we've got so much good support and encouragement there with the lovely Seventh Sisters that we have there. That way you are not alone and it's nice to have support. Well, thank you guys for joining me here. This has been the Homeschool High School Podcast brought to you by sevensistershomeschool.com and the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network.